Chapter Four of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter Four. Duroy learns something. Georges Duroy did not sleep well, so anxious was he to see his article in print. He rose at daybreak, and was on the street long before the newsboys. When he secured a paper, and saw his name at the end of a column in large letters, he became very much excited. He felt inclined to enact the part of a newsboy and cry out to the hurrying throng, "'Buy this! It contains an article by me!' He strolled along to a café and seated himself in order to read the article through. That done, he decided to go to the railroad office, draw his salary, and hand in his resignation. With great pomposity, he informed the chief clerk that he was on the staff of La Vie Française, and by that means was avenged for many petty insults which had been offered him. He then had some cards written, with his new calling beneath his name, made several purchases, and repaired to the office of La Vie Française. Forestier received him loftily, as one would an inferior. "'Ah, here you are. Very well. I have several things for you to do. Just wait ten minutes till I finish this work.' He continued writing. At the other end of the table sat a short, pale man, very stout and bald. Forestier asked him, when his letter was completed, Saint-Potin, at what time shall you interview those people? At four o'clock. Take Duroy, who is here, with you, and initiate him into the business. Very well. Then, turning to his friend, Forestier added, Have you brought the other paper on Algeria? The article this morning was very successful. Duroy stammered. No, I thought I should have time this afternoon. I had so much to do, I could not. The other shrugged his shoulders. If you are not more careful, you will spoil your future. Monsieur Walter counted on your copy. I will tell him it will be ready to-morrow if you think you will be paid for doing nothing you are mistaken after a pause he added you should strike while the iron is hot saint potin rose i am ready said he forestier turned around in his chair and said to duroy listen 
the chinese general li teng fao stopping at the continental and raja tapo sahib rama de rao pali stopping at hotel bishop have been in paris two days you must interview them addressing saint potin he said do not forget the principal points i indicated to you ask the general and the rajah their opinions on the dealings of england in the extreme east their ideas of their system of colonization and government their hopes relative to the intervention of europe and of france in particular to duroy he said observe what saint potin says he is an excellent reporter and try to learn how to draw out a man in five minutes then he resumed his work the two men walked down the boulevard together while saint potin gave duroy a sketch of all the officials connected with the paper sparing no one in his criticism when he mentioned forestier he said as for him he was fortunate in marrying his wife duroy asked what about his wife saint potin rubbed his hands oh she is beloved by an old fellow named vaudrec he dotes upon her duroy felt as if he would like to box saint potin's ears to change the subject he said it seems to me that it is late and we have two noble lords to call upon saint potin laughed you are very innocent do you think that i am going to interview that chinese and that indian as if i did not know better than they do what they should think to please the readers of la vie francaise i have interviewed five hundred chinese prussians hindus chileans and japanese they all say the same thing i need only copy my article on the last comer word for word changing the heading names titles and ages in that there must be no error or i shall be hauled over the coals by the figaro or gaulois but on that subject the porter of the hotels will post me in five minutes we will smoke our cigars and stroll in that direction total one hundred sous for cab fare that is the way my dear fellow when they arrived at the madeleine saint potin said to his companion if you have anything to do i do not need you duroy shook hands with him and walked away the thought of the article he had to write that evening haunted him mentally he collected the material as he wended his way to the cafe at which he dined then he returned home and seated himself at his table to work before his eyes was the sheet of blank paper but all the material he had amassed had escaped him after trying for an hour and after filling five pages with sentences which had no connection one with the other he said 
i am not yet familiar with the work i must take another lesson at ten o'clock the following morning he rang the bell at his friend's house the servant who opened the door said monsieur is busy duroy had not expected to find forestier at home however he said tell him it is monsieur duroy on important business in the course of five minutes he was ushered into the room in which he had spent so happy a morning in the place madame forestier had occupied her husband was seated writing while madame forestier stood by the mantelpiece and dictated to him a cigarette between her lips duroy paused upon the threshold and murmured i beg your pardon i am interrupting you his friend growled angrily what do you want again make haste we are busy georges stammered it is nothing but forestier persisted come we are losing time you did not force your way into the house for the pleasure of bidding us good morning duroy in confusion replied no it is this i cannot complete my article and you were so so kind the last time that i hoped that i dared to come forestier interrupted with so you think i will do your work and that you have only to take the money well that is fine his wife smoked on without interfering duroy hesitated excuse me i believed i thought then in a clear voice he said i beg a thousand pardons madame and thank you very much for the charming article you wrote for me yesterday then he bowed and said to charles i will be at the office at three o'clock he returned home saying to himself very well i will write it alone and they shall see scarcely had he entered than he began to write anger spurring him on in an hour he had finished an article which was a chaos of absurd matter and took it boldly to the office duroy handed forestier his manuscript here is the rest of algeria very well i will hand it to the manager that will do when duroy and saint potin who had some political information to look up were in the hall the latter asked have you been to the cashier's room no why why to get your pay you should always get your salary a month in advance one cannot tell what might happen i will introduce you to the cashier duroy drew his two hundred francs together with twenty-eight francs for his article of the preceding day which in addition to what remained to him of his salary from the railroad office 
left him three hundred and forty francs he had never had so much and he thought himself rich for an indefinite time saint potin took him to the offices of four or five rival papers hoping that the news he had been commissioned to obtain had been already received by them and that he could obtain it by means of his diplomacy when evening came duroy who had nothing more to do turned toward the folie bergere and walking up to the office he said my name is georges duroy i am on the staff of la vie francaise i was here the other night with monsieur forestier who promised to get me a pass i do not know if he remembered it the register was consulted but his name was not inscribed upon it however the cashier a very affable man said to him come in monsieur duroy and speak to the manager yourself he will see that everything is all right he entered and almost at once came upon rachel the woman he had seen there before she approached him good evening my dear are you well very well how are you i am not ill i have dreamed of you twice since the other night duroy smiled what does that mean that means that i like you she raised her eyes to the young man's face took his arm and leaning upon it said let us drink a glass of wine and then take a walk i should like to go to the opera like this with you to show you off at daybreak he again sallied forth to obtain a vie francaise he opened the paper feverishly his article was not there on entering the office several hours later he said to monsieur walter i was very much surprised this morning not to see my second article on algeria the manager raised his head and said sharply i gave it to your friend forestier and asked him to read it he was dissatisfied with it it will have to be done over without a word duroy left the room and entering his friend's office brusquely asked why did not my article appear this morning the journalist who was smoking a cigar said calmly the manager did not consider it good and bade me return it to you to be revised there it is duroy revised it several times only to have it rejected he said nothing more of his souvenirs but gave his whole attention to reporting he became acquainted behind the scenes at the theatres and in the halls and corridors of the chamber of deputies he knew all the cabinet ministers generals police agents princes ambassadors men of the world 
greeks cabmen waiters at cafes and many others in short he soon became a remarkable reporter of great value to the paper so monsieur walter said but as he only received ten centimes a line in addition to his fixed salary of two hundred francs and as his expenses were large he never had a sou when he saw certain of his associates with their pockets full of money he wondered what secret means they employed in order to obtain it he determined to penetrate that mystery to enter into the association to obtrude himself upon his comrades and make them share with him often at evening as he watched the trains pass his window he dreamed of the conduct he might pursue end of chapter 4 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey